Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. <clears throat> Today we are studying the book of Daniel, that's Daniel, 2a, the first half of chapter 2. Uh, we just finished the last chapter reading about how Daniel, or Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, how they were raised uh, by the royal um, household in order to be advisors to the king. We learned of their intelligence and how they learned the uh, Babylonian language and how to read and write and all the sciences and knowledge of the day and how the king relied upon their wisdom for advice and counsel. And specifically, Daniel stood out among the, all of them for his bina, his understanding, his, his knowledge of how to apply the, 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 the sciences that he knew, apply the ideas that he had to interpersonal relationships and understand how to um, understand people and how they think and how they work. That's a crucial point uh, that I want to make because as we study chapter 2, we're going to really understand how Daniel um, approaches a particular problem that he's going to be presented with. So let's begin. Uh, with verse 1, Uvishnas Shtayim in the second year Lamalchut Nebuchadnezzar of the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, Cholam Nebuchadnezzar Chalamot. The king Nebuchadnezzar had dreamt dreams, Vatit Poem Rucho, and his, his um, spirit, his Ruach, his spirit was, was agitated, is probably the best translation I've seen for the word Vatit Poem Rucho, Ushnato Niyata Allah. But nonetheless, he, he still slept through it. Usually when one gets shaken by a dream, they, they wake up from the dream, from the nightmare. But this was a powerful nightmare, and, and, uh, and, he, and he vividly dreamed the whole dream in his sleep. Now, there's a lot of talk about uh, how could this have come out in the second year of his reign. It just doesn't work out chronologically. Um, my issue is not to um, historically analyze each one of the verses in that way. There's a lot of literature on that, and you're welcome to read it and look at it. The way I understand this is, though, is that he had this dream in the second year, but when, I mean, we, we know it's already impossible based on the chapter before. We just learned that Nebuchadnezzar conquered uh, Jerusalem and he brought back captives and he asked them to be trained for three years so that's already three years so how could this be have happened in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar uh, but one way of understanding it is is that the dream he dreamt in the second year of his reign but it was many years later that the events you know, and the dream bothered him for a long time until it came to a point where it really bothered him and by this point, he had already forgotten what the dream was, but he still bothered him. So in the second year is when he dreamed it, but when the events that were about to read occurred could have been 10 years later. Um, and that's how I understand the chronology here. But of course, there's a lot of explanations. This is verse 2. And the king asked that they call all of his... Uh, his magicians, all of the sorcerers and uh, various types of, of necromancers and the, the, these words, exactly what they mean. But the point being is that all of these people are groups of, uh, they, are all, they do all kinds of magical things to find out information and to make predictions or learn things or so on. 
Vilakasdim and to the Chaldeans is one of the lists, and that's an ethnic group um, to which Nebuchadnezzar himself belonged that was a prominent ethnic group in Babylonian kingdom. But uh, here it's specifically referring to the wise men of the Chaldeans. So he asked all these people. It could be that this process came went over years, remember? Uh, and, and, and he, all, he all, was always asking his traditional advisors, and those advisors were these people that relied upon various sorts of magic and, 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 and so on. They, he, he, would, he, would, he would call them all in in order to tell, and in order to ask them to tell the king his dreams. In other words, he wanted them, because he for, had forgotten what the dream was in the first place, he called them all in and asked them, please tell me what my dream was. And they came by So they had a very difficult task. They had to tell the king what he dreamed. And then, of course, tell him what it meant. So, verse 3, The king told them when they were all gathered, I dreamed a dream. And I am full of of agitation. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm anxious. I, 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 because I want to know what the dream was. Verse 4, Vayadabru HaKasdim Lamelech Aramit. The Chaldeans then addressed Nebuchadnezzar in Aramaic. Now, Aramaic is a language related to Hebrew. It's a Semitic language. Um, uh, and, and for some reason, the, the, those other magicians may have been of different ethnic groups and they may have spoken in Babylonian. But the Kasdim among them talked to the king in his own language. And now, from, from here on to the next, so a, a large portion of the book of Daniel, we switch to Aramaic being the language in which it's written. For those of you that, um, you may, you'll notice that the words that I say sound different because we're about to begin the, the, uh, a different language where I'm going to be reading in Aramaic rather than in Hebrew. But why they decided to choose to speak in Aramaic, maybe it was somehow to create some kind of bond and say, hey, you know, you, you can listen to us because we're one of, you know, we're, we're both, we're, we're fellow, fellow Chaldeans. So this is what they said. Malkala al minchayi, O king, may the king live forever. Tell us the dream, and then we will tell you what it means. We're very good at interpreting dreams. But tell us the dream. Remember, the king had specifically asked to that they tell him what he had dreamt. So on Malka, this is verse five. On Malka, so the king answered them. Omar and he said to the Chaldean wise men, Milsamini Azda, I made a decree. We find this in several places, like in the book of Esther. When the king says, "I made a decree," he means it seriously. That is a real deal. You better pay attention. That if you do not tell me both the dream and its meaning and its interpretation, I'm going to turn you into corpses. I'm going to turn you into torn up bodies. And I will confiscate your, 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 your houses and your families and bring it into my possession. In other words, I'm going to kill you and take over, take your families as slaves. And 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 so you better tell me what the dream is and its interpretation. And I, I and I also said the king continues. Vehain, this is verse six. If you do tell me 
the dream and its interpretation, then matnon univizvo vikar sagi. Then I will give you many presents, much booty, and a lot of valuable items to gablun min kadamai you will get from me. Lahain, therefore, chelma ufishrei hachavoni. In other words, in case you didn't get the memo, there's a lot at stake here. I made a decree, you should tell me, so please go ahead and tell me the dream and the interpretation. And don't ask me about the, to tell you the dream. So then, they were, these people were kind of stubborn, but, and also they apparently didn't get the memo. And I know Tinyonut Vyomrin. So they answered again a second time and said as follows, Malka, king, let him tell the dream to his servants, to us in other words, and then we'll tell you the meaning. So again, they are stuck in a difficult position because they have to make up a dream but instead, or, or figure out what his dream was somehow. But they could not do that. <coughs> so instead they asked him again. <coughs> As you imagine, he didn't quite like that answer. So the king answered and said, Obviously, I can tell that what your, your plan is, that you're standing, that you're stalling. The idana antunzovnin. You are trying to uh, buy time. Literally, that's what it means. You're trying to buy yourself some time. Kol kovel di chazesun di azdomini milsa. Because you see that I have given a decree. In other words, you know there's a lot at stake. So you're trying to stall and see. Well, maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe I'll say something. Maybe I'll I'll do something. You're trying to stall and stall without doing the task that I'm giving you. Verse nine. Di hein This is still the king speaking. Di hein unani Because if you don't tell me the dream. There's only one thing that's going to happen to you. And you have, uh, I can tell that you are planning to say some kind of false baloney story that you're going to make up. Some false story, some lie. Right, and because you're thinking that maybe I'll change my mind, maybe I'll, 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 you know, I'll change a little, and by then you can come up with a story to tell. So I can tell what you're doing. You guys are just stalling. You have nothing to say. Therefore, I'm telling you now again. Tell me the dream. And then I will know. If you can tell me the dream, I'm gonna, then I'll know for sure that you'll understand the meaning of the dream. In other words, if you can come up with it and tell me the dream and I'll know when you tell it to me, I'll know that it's the right one, then it'll be obvious that you're can also that you're also capable of telling me the meaning. So stop asking me for the meaning, tell me the dream. Verse 10, Now the Chaldean, the wise men answered again, before the king, and they said as follows, there is no person on on earth, literally on dry land, that can accomplish and achieve what this what the king is trying to ask for. There has never been a king 
or a great ruler that has ever asked such a task. To any magician, or there's again different types of magicians in Chaldean wise men. No one has ever asked such a task because it's impossible. How are we supposed to tell you what you've dreamed? The thing that which the king is asking, this is verse 11, is very difficult. And and there is no one else that can come in here and tell you uh, and say before, in front of the king, only the gods can say these things. Those the, the the gods that 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 live in Bisra La Isohi, that do not live among human beings, only gods can say what what you dreamed. We can't tell you what you dreamed. Now this is interesting because clearly these people, these magicians, claimed to be able to speak to the gods and talk to the gods, and they were admitting their own failures, that their own supposed skills that they had of their magic was useless because they couldn't communicate with these gods that had this knowledge. Kol kavel malka benas ketzaf sagi, this is verse 12. Immediately, right away, the king flew into a rage, a, 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 a fury and a wrath. He said, you know what? None of these wise men are worth anything. They just told me they're not worth anything. If they can't access the knowledge that supposedly only God has, then they're useless and worthless, and therefore I'm just going to kill them all. Vidoso nafkas, verse 13, and the decree condemning them to death, v'chakimaya mitkatlin, and it was, was put out, and now all of, the, um, all of the people that were categorized as wise men and advisors to the king were slated for execution. Uva'o daniel v'chavroi litkatola. And Daniel and his friends were also in that group of wise men. You know, in the king's mind, there's wise men that worship this god, there's wise men that do this kind of god, there's wise men that kind of god, and there's Judeans that do their god. He didn't see any difference between them also. Of course, Daniel and his friends were included in that club. Now, Daniel is faced with a challenge. How am I going to get out of this mess here? So... Daniel knows that he needs to come up with something better. So let's see what he does, what his response is. Verse 14, Be'dayin, Daniel hativ eita uteim. At this time, when Daniel heard what his fate was going to be, so remember, Daniel is known for his wisdom and understanding of who to talk to. So the first guy he needs to talk to is the head executioner, the one who's going to carry out this, this um, decree of the king. <laughs> so he goes to ask advice uh, um, and talk to Aryoch Rav Tabochaya Dimalka, the head executioner of the king, who, was, who, was, who had been appointed and was coming now to uh, uh, carry out this deed of killing Babylonians. Daniel's thinking, if I have to stall, I got to talk to him in order to stall for some time to figure out what to do. Aneva Amar Ariel, this is verse fifteen. So he after he he met he met him this execution and he said to Ariel Shalita de Malka, who was what the uh, the royal officer of the king, 
Why is this so urgent? Why do you have to carry this out so fast? Just give me a little of time. Maybe I can come up with it. And, and, and so Daniel said, what, what? Like, why is this so urgent? So then Aryoch explained to Daniel that the king was enraged because of this repetitive refusal on the part of all the other wise men to answer his request. <coughs> Daniel apparently wasn't there. We, he said he, the, the king, the verse said that he called all the magicians and necromancers and so on, but it didn't say that they called the Judean advisors. So Daniel wasn't there when all these, so he's saying, why, why, so what's going on? So Aryoch explained to Daniel what's going on. So immediately, Daniel al uva amin malka, Daniel then went to ask from the king himself. So this is kind of interesting, knowing that the king was in a rage and a fury, Daniel still had the guts to go to the king and ask him, that, um, that, that if he just gave him a little bit of time, that he will be able to tell the king the uh, interpretation of the dream. Now note, uh, the commentaries note here that Daniel told the king, I will tell you the interpretation. Sounds like Daniel hinted to the king, I already know the dream. Just give me some time and I'll get you the interpretation. This might be how Daniel got the king out of his fury and made him at least curious enough to say, okay, let's give him an, a little bit more time to come up with an answer. At Dayin, at that point, then, Daniel levite azal. Daniel went home. And he, he told Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his three friends, he told them what was going on, why they're going to get executed, and what we need to do. Now I'm going to try to point out over here, Daniel's response to this dilemma was prayer. But we're going to learn a lot about what prayer is and what prayer means from this response. This is, a, this is one of the most, uh, it's, it's really an incredible uh, uh, lesson here in how prayer should work. And the first lesson Daniel teaches us is a lesson of community, right? Which means don't go home alone and closet yourself and pray, but bring together all of the people, right? The entire community in this case, this was his three friends who were all Involved. In other words, this is a problem for all of us to tackle together. We all need to approach God and pray together. So the first is pray as a community. The second thing we're going to see right away is that, uh, let's read the next verse, 18. We need to ask mercy from God, the King of, the, the God of, God of heaven. Regarding this secret, this this mysterious thing, so that Daniel and his friends, in other words, us, should not be killed along with all of the other wise men of Babylon. Note that what, what, what Daniel said to them was, we have to pray for a way out of this mess. Uh, on this, this secret, this 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 puzzle like how do we get out of this puzzle what Daniel did not say was we have to pray for something specific in other words we have to pray for God to tell me what the dream is 
or we have to pray for God to tell me what the meaning is. Pray for God to tell me this, or pray for God to do that. Or not even, but we need to, or not even praying for God to save them. And certainly not, and this is really important, not asking for miracles. This is another lesson that we see. Daniel did not ask for any miracle. He didn't even ask for a vision. He asked for inspiration from God to help him and to help them come up with a solution to the problem. So the prayer is turning to God and for strength so that Daniel should have the strength to, to figure out a solution to the problem. So one, community. Number two, um, uh, uh, you know, not praying for miracles and asking, not asking for something specific. These are three things that we learn already from Daniel's approach. So, verse 19, After that, Daniel, after praying together, Daniel, in a, in a vision during the night, found the solution to, his, to the secret. Note that many would translate this verse and assume that it means that Daniel had a prophetic vision. It's debated among uh, the rabbis over the ages whether Daniel was an actual prophet or not. And did he actually see prophecies or not? This verse is, I believe, deliberately indicating that in a vision in the night, Daniel found the answer to his problem. This deliberately does not say that God appeared to Daniel at night. It deliberately does not say that he had a vision, so to speak, in other words, of God speaking to him or an angel even speaking to him. But it was during the night after prayer, after approaching God, that he figured out the solution to the problem. That's what it says. And that's, that's a really important point here. Um, and what did he do immediately? What did he do? He didn't say, oh, wow, I'm such a genius. But immediately he gave thanks and blessed the God of heaven. So humility is the other thing. Approaching God and saying, not because I deserve it, but when I do get something from God, I recognize that it came from him. And even if I am wise and smart, but the ability to use those faculties and to have them in the first place, we thank God for that. And on Nei Daniel, and Daniel then spoke to God and said of Omar as follows, This will sound very familiar to those, this is very similar to the language that we use in the Kaddish prayer. Um, May the name of God be blessed from this world until forever. Because wisdom and power are God's. Now this is very important. Because um, God, first of all, why is it that Daniel realizes that the answer came from God? Because we'll see from what Daniel does and how he talks to Nebuchadnezzar later, that Daniel realizes that the point, the actual point that he needs to make here is, is who God is and why God, the real God, is different from all the other idols and magicians and all the other things that these other people are using. Because this God is the one who is forever, min al forever in time. 
And Chachma, wisdom and power, comes from God. Remember, these are the things, Chachma, wisdom, was the things that Daniel was granted as a gift that we said in the chapter 1 that Daniel had Chachma, he had wisdom. And he's recognizing that that wisdom is his. The Gevurta, power here means courage. He had the courage to approach the king, to ask for more time, the courage... And now the courage that we're going to see to step forward and follow his plan. Verse 21, This is still Daniel talking to God. God is the one who changes all of the seasons of the year and the times of day and night and so on. It is God who establishes kings and takes down kings. The reason for the movement of history of one king being powerful one day and the next day another king being powerful all comes from God's running of history. Yohev Chachmesolach Hakimin, he's the one that gives wisdom to wise men, and gives understanding to those that have Bina. This is crucial because this is what Daniel had that was special. By realizing that what would be bothering Nebuchadnezzar? What was he be worried about so much? The fact that one king one day is strong and another king the next day is strong. The fact that Nebuchadnezzar realizes that one day his power might be gone. The fact that there are things that are out of his control. Nebuchadnezzar realizes that no matter how powerful I get, I'm still subject to nature. But God is above that. God is the one who controls that. This is verse 22. He, God, is the one who reveals what is what is hidden and what it is again this this reinforces that this was not a vision from God but what happened was Daniel realized the answer to the problem on his own and he is therefore coming to God saying that it is through God that I was able to achieve that it was only because of God that I was able to do that God knows what's in the darkness and it is with God. Daniel has to declare this. He has to declare that I realize and I recognize through my humility that this knowledge and these ideas that I came to came because the light is with God. When one stays with God and one understands that there's this unity in the universe, then someone can come to an answer to this problem, to, to a problem as big as this. Loch, and then he understands even more. And this is even more important. That this vision that I know, this idea, this entire philosophy that I understand that God is a creator and God is the unifying force, God is forever and omnipotent. These ideas are the ideas that I inherited from my ancestors, the, the, what, from, that got it from God at Sinai, from Moses, from, from, from this is the inheritance that I have and this is therefore the message that I have to bring to the rest of the world. It is to you, the God of my forefathers, that I give thanks, and I praise, that I praise. That you, and this is filling out what we said before, that you have given me the wisdom, and you have given me the courage. And in this way, 
by giving me courage and giving me wisdom, you also gave me the ability to find the answer to that which I asked you. Now I understand what it is that's bothering the king. This is Daniel again saying, I get it. I understand what it must be that's bothering the king so I know what to do, how to say, what to do to get out of this problem. And therefore, what did he do immediately? Verse 24, Immediately, right away, Daniel al-Aryochi went to the chief executioner, Dimani Malka, that the king had, had appointed, to execute the wise men of Babylon. Azal, he went to him, and so he said to him as follows, don't execute the wise people of Babylon yet. This is crucial because Daniel immediately didn't try to just save himself and his friends. He tried to save them all, even though the others may not have been uh, believers in God, but he still was using his power to try to save everyone. So again, lack of selfishness is crucial to the idea of prayer. Bring me before the king, and I will tell the king the meaning of his, of his dream. So now Daniel um, is about to go in front of the dream. Before I finish this um, particular uh, podcast, uh, this, uh, I'm going to stop here, but I do want to point out a few things that we learned about what prayer is. We learn about how prayer has to be with community, not alone. How prayer has to be with humility. How prayer has to be something where we don't ask God for specifics. We don't ask God for this, that, or the other thing. We just ask for help. We ask for inspiration. And we ask Him to help us use the strengths that we already have within us in order to, in order to uh, achieve an answer or solution to our problems. We have to be brave and courageous to do the right thing. Don't just expect it to happen. Daniel has to take action. He has to do it on his own. Even if it's dangerous, we have to be brave. And, and that the ultimate answer to prayer is learning how to use the skills and the gifts that we have already been given in order to use them for the right purposes. Thank you so much for studying together, Daniel 2a. Looking forward to studying and reading about Daniel's answer to the king and his response, from which we are also going to learn a tremendous amount of wisdom and looking forward to continuing to study together.